It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs here, corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown, Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, it's Friday. The weekend is here. It's going to be a busy weekend out here in Las Vegas. We got XFL Vipers football on the air tomorrow at 4 p.m. And my broadcast partner, Damon Cotton, will be joining me in hour number two to talk precisely about the Vipers, who will be welcoming in the Seattle Sea Dragons into Cashman Field, the Snake Pit. Both teams are 0-2, so somebody's 0 has got to go and fortunately one team will have a win let's see if the xfl vegas vipers are the team to do so we'll hear from rod woodson postgame after the team's defeat last week and we will also be talking about ufc because they got a big pay-per-view with the return of one of the pound for pound icons of mma john bones jones who will not only be returning but he will also be a able to look and try to get that heavyweight championship on his waist. He will be facing Cyril Gunn. We'll be talking about that. And the breaking news of the moment right now, and that's the cool thing about having the flagship station of the Silver and Black here, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network reporting that the Raiders plan to place the franchise tag on star running back Josh Jacobs if the sides don't reach a deal by Tuesday's deadline per sources. The NFL's leading rusher last season, Jacob Jacobs, is viewed as a part of the future in Las Vegas. That's the report right now from Tom Pelissero. And that's something that, in my opinion, that was pretty obvious that was going to happen. The Raiders have that ace in their back pocket right now, which they can just pull it out. And it's like, all right, Josh, we're going to place a franchise tag because we haven't reached an agreement. And that gives us more time to be able to get a deal done with you. So breaking news. Tom Pelissero reporting the Raiders are planning to place the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs if they can't reach a long-term deal before Tuesday's deadline. And that was going to be something very big, very important for the Raiders right now. They are a team that has uh, a lot of weapons on the field. They have a great running back. They have one of, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. They got a top five tight end in the league in Darren Waller. They have one of the best slot receivers in the NFL in the last three years in Hunter Renfro. And right now they're focusing on the quarterback position to see what they can do with that position. Are they going to draft a young talent? Let's remember last year, Josh McDaniels, when he took over the Raiders, he said he always liked having a young quarterback in his system. He preferred having a young quarterback in the roster. That doesn't mean he's going to be QB1 or QB2. And what happened last year? They had a QB3, Chase Garbers, who they signed out of Cal Berkeley as an undrafted free agent. And he was with the team 
from training camp all the way through week 18. He was a backup the last two games. He saw one snap in the preseason. I think it was he took a knee at Allegiant Stadium, and that was it. Uh, Jared Stidham, he was a man during the Raiders preseason last year. So now that's the big question mark. Is the young quarterback for the Raiders going to be something similar? Are they going to have a bridge quarterback that comes in? Are they going to have a star quarterback that comes in and pick a quarterback late in the draft? It all depends on what happens in a week and a couple of days when the Raiders can officially start talking with other players that are becoming free agents once the new year of the league kicks off. Of course, the important dates that we're looking at right now, March 6th, right now, it's going to finish that day the combine ends. March 13th through the 15th is that tampering period, the legal one, where players can talk with teams, where teams can talk with players. Of, of course, those that are becoming free agents. It's Monday the 13th through Wednesday the 15th. And then the new league year officially begins on Wednesday, March 15th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. So that's when you start seeing moves. And we were talking about this with Ryan Sakamoto, a.k.a. Beast. Follow him on Twitter at BeastRider yesterday. And it depends. The the draft board is going to change a little bit and the necessities and all the things that the Raiders are going to have to be moving once they figure out what they do in free agency. And that's something I like about the NFL. They got everything lined up in such a way where teams have time. The Raiders on March 15th are going to start signing players. And then they don't have to wait until April 27th to officially make their first pick in the NFL draft. So they have a little bit over a month to do those changes. And right now, that first move is going to be what's up with Josh Jacobs. Are they going to sign him to a long-term deal? Are they going to put the franchise or transition tag on him March 7th? is that deadline, and it's fast approaching. And, I mean, that report from Tom Pelissero, it's true. Raiders, they're planning on put the franchise tag if they don't reach a deal. We all knew that from a long time ago. We knew that that weapon the Raiders had, and they were either going to use it or they weren't going to use it, but they had it in their pocket waiting to, in case they needed it, roll with the punches. So the Raiders, they're in a good spot right now, in my opinion. They got a lot of draft capital. Quarterbacks, they spoke today in Indianapolis ahead of their workouts on the field uh, this weekend to see what they got. And, of course, right now it's going to be easier, and I'm using air quotes, Bobby Machado, our boat operator and producer, he can confirm I'm using the air quotes. The key is the accuracy. Why? Because there's no pass rush coming at them. There's nobody putting pressure at them with uh, running right up their grill and potentially tackling them down. They're just going to get the balls from the coaches that are throwing it at them, and you just have to be very, very precise in everything you throw. you got to... Leave everybody at all when you're out there on the field. Bryce Young, he spoke with the media today. He's not going to be throwing at the drills that the they're going to have at Lucas Oil Stadium. But he did speak with the media. He did go through the rounds with the interviews with the teams. And here's what Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, had to say today in Indianapolis. 
Yeah, um, again, I, I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my, my whole life. Um, you know, I, I know who I am. Uh, I, you know, I know what I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, I think it, it, it's fair. You know, everyone can, can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But, you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position. And I'm confident in myself. I know what I can do. And, you know, I'm just excited to get to that next level. Um, you know, again, I feel like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, obviously, we don't get to choose. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what's – I'd be surprised either way. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here, honestly. Um, you know, I'm, uh, again, it's an honor for me um, to, to be able to be selected by whatever team it is that, that takes a chance on me. So, whoever it was at, at whatever position, um, I'm just happy to, to get that chance at the next level. Uh, I mean, you know, I think, again, being able to be in these these meetings, um, you're, you're able to sit at, at all these different chairs and, and, and think about, you know, playing it and all these teams because you get to hear a little bit about their system. So, again, throughout the, these meetings and, and throughout the process, um, you know, you, you look at other people's system, get to talk to, to coaches and decision makers. And I think through all that, you obviously envision yourself, try to try to get a feel for, for the coaching staff. And that's what I try to do here. What's the biggest thing you want to prove between now and the NFL draft NFL teams? Um, you know, I, I don't really look like, I don't really feel like, um, you know, my drive isn't necessarily to, to, to prove anything. I think for me it's to, to try to, you know, explain all, all the things that I see to all the, to all the coaches, the GMs, all the decision makers, um, you know, to express uh, myself, um, you know, talk about how I see the game, um, you know, my experience in, in the past, and be able to learn as well, to try to soak as much in from the process, um, you know, learn from the coaches, um, being able to talk to some players or play in the league now. Um, so for me, it's a big learning experience, and I'm, I'm doing my best to, you know, to try to, you know, explain how I how I've gotten here, and, and you know, try to find that great fit. In your meetings with co in your meetings with coaches and GMs, how how do you talk about your size? You mentioned that just earlier, but what do they? How do they ask, and how do you answer? Um, you know, I just I, I speak my truth. Um, you know, I, I I make sure I explain how I play the game. You know, how I see the game, my process. Um, you know, how I'm able to to, to get through things. Um, you know, obviously there, there's stuff of film and, and on the board, and you know, it's just talking about uh, X's and O's. Um, you know, coaches. I feel like you know I've asked about you know how I've how I've gotten um, you know to throughout plays and through reads and all that. And again, um, I've been around so many great football minds being in these meetings and you know being able to talk about you know one myself and then be able to pick their brains and see how you know. They, they run their offense, be able to learn from that. Um, you know, I think it's been a lot of back and forth, and I'm super grateful for it. And to follow that, like, schematically, what have, what have you taken from what at Alabama and how they're asking about that? What do you what do you see applies with some of the teams that you've been talking about? Yeah, I feel like there's a good amount of application, um, you know, with from 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 play calls to, to protections to run game. Um, I think, you know, I, I've been blessed to be in a system that I have that I think translates pretty well to the next level. I mean, you know, obviously there's going to be stuff I'm going to learn, and I'm super excited and eager to do that. But, you know, I think I have a, a really good foundation being from Alabama. Bryce. There is Bryce Young, the former Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback. That first year he was in college football, 2020, the pandemic season, he was the backup for Mac Jones. And then in 2021 and 2022, he was the undisputed quarterback for them. And he ended up with first in Alabama single season passing yards, first in Alabama single season passing touchdowns, 4,872 and 47, respectively. First in Alabama career, five touchdown games with five. And second in Alabama career, passing yards, 8,356. He just, he's about to turn 22 on July 25th. He's a young fella. The big butt that they put next to his, all the descriptions that you make about him and all the great abilities that he has on the field is his size. He is listed 
at six feet tall and 194 pounds. But everybody in the draft, once they measure him, expects him to be uh, slightly below six feet tall. 5'11", 5'10 somewhere in that range. But at the end of the day, talent, they, it trumps everything. And all the evaluators put him as the undisputed number one quarterback. And most of the times, if you're an undisputed number one quarterback, you're going to have a team jumping up to number one to pick you. You look over at Chicago, they have Justin Fields. Nobody thinks that they are going to go and pick up another quarterback to put next to Justin Fields. So everybody assumes their move right now is going to be trade out, get more assets, be able to get multiple picks for that number one pick that they were gifted by the Houston Texans in the final play of the Texans 2022 season. And let's see what happens. But Bryce Young, everybody has him as the number one quarterback. And the number two quarterback, it's a Rancho Cucamonga kid. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State is where he went to college, and he holds many of the Buckeye records. Most passing yards in a single game, 573. Uh, First player to throw six touchdowns three times for Ohio State. Heisman Trophy finalist in 2021 and 2022. Kid balled out in college. He's definitely a stud. He definitely does a lot of things the right way, and he has in his favor his size. 6'4", 220. He's been there. He's done that. Played in the Sugar Bowl in the National Championship in 21, in the Rose Bowl in 22, in the Peach Bowl. This guy, he he's definitely somebody that everybody has his their eye on. And he was a redshirt sophomore last year because he redshirted as a backup behind Justin Fields in 2020. And then he took over in 21 and 22 and played great football. And obviously he forgoed his his remaining eligibility to be able to go into the draft. Why? Because people know that he is going to get drafted very, very high in this draft. I remember seeing a couple of draft boards, not draft boards, but the predictions by people, the mock drafts at the beginning, seeing him drop even below the Raiders. Like the Raiders wouldn't even pick him at number seven in those mock drafts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? People, what are you thinking? And now, obviously, as we get closer to the draft and we're a little bit over under two months away from it, now you see a lot of folks doing the smart thing and putting him up there as a top five pick. And C.J. Stroud, let's hear what he said today out there at the Combine. Uh, it's been a dream come true, man. Got to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But uh, that's something that I was putting into me at, at an early age was my foundation in Christ and um, that's something that I, uh, I was inspired by by other athletes growing up, and I want other kids to uh, be inspired by me, not only just on the field, uh, but how I carry myself off the field, because I think that's very important. Uh, the platform I have and the influence that I have on, on the world is um, is something that, that I take uh, really seriously, and I, I want to be responsible while doing that, and I want to be effective in my community, and, and I want people to look at me as a role model, so uh, that's one of the reasons why I do that. Have you got a chance to meet with the Houston Texans? Yes, sir, I have. What was that meeting like? Um, it, was, it went really well. I got to meet uh, everybody uh, on their front office and uh, had a, a great conversation, asked me some questions, and uh, did. I feel like I, I did really good in the interview process with them and uh, looking forward to uh, going going deeper and deeper, uh, building a relationship with them. CJ, what is it that you really want to show in those interviews with teams? 
Uh, yeah, one thing about me, I want to show, uh, first and foremost, is my foundation, uh, how, how I am as a man, I am as my person. Uh, and of course, I want to uh, show uh, I'm a man of God and let that know, let that be known. And then secondly, I just want to show that who I am. I want to be myself, I want to be unapologetic with myself. No matter what room I step in, I want to let them know that I control the room and that, I, that I'm a leader. Um, and, and then third, I want to just show them the IQ that I have uh, about the game when they ask me questions about plays or different things like that. Then I let them know um, that I that I am a, a student of the game and I'm willing to learn and I know I have a lot to learn. So, um, but I do come from an offense that um, is high power and I did put a lot of points up, but um, am, am willing to go back to square one and learn it all over again just to be great at, at this league. So, those are three things I'll try to show. Yeah, uh, Coach Day uh, and everybody at Ohio State dealing with Coach Harline, Coach Dennis, Coach Fitch, uh, Coach Wilson, our old offensive coordinator. Um, they do a great job in in in, in our uh, in our building just because uh, it, it is an NFL a mini NFL team and they make you get up on the board they make you explain the plays back. Uh, it's not just them coaching you all the time. You have to be the coach on the team and that's something that I that I took very serious was not only being a leader uh, but being that coach on the field. And if somebody forgot a route or somebody forgot the protection or somebody did this wrong or that wrong, I think on film you can constantly see me pointing things out, run up to do, send them, tell them routes, send them plays, and uh, I think that just shows the the, the uh, what I'm. Willing to do just to be great and to be a coach on the field. CJ, have you met with the Raiders yet? And if so, what kind of feedback was that? Yes, sir. That was uh, my first formal interview that I had. Uh, met Coach McDaniel's, met everybody in the front office, and uh, went really went really well. Um, had a, a great conversation with them. Uh, kind of got to explain what my offense was, and they asked me about my athleticism and things like that if I can do it at the next level. And and I told them yes, sir. So um, had a great conversation with them. They asked me about some family stuff as well. So um, just being really honest and trying to just build that relationship. In that connection. There you go. Vinny Von Senor with the question, have you met with the Raiders? And CJ Stroud letting us know that that was actually his first meeting, the official meeting that he held out there at the NFL Scouting Combine, which today will have their the defensive backs and the special teamers with the on-field workouts. We'll see the quarterbacks this weekend. And CJ Stroud, uh, the Raiders doing due diligence with everybody, with every player that they can meet they will meet and they will do their homework if they fall in love with somebody and they say you know what this is our quarterback not only of the future but of the present and we can win with him then they will they will strike and that's why they go out there and they speak with C.J. Stroud. They speak with all the quarterbacks that are out there. They spoke with Hendon Hooker, and they are doing their due diligence. And that's what an NFL franchise does. And after the break, we're going to hear also from Champ Kelly, the Raiders' assistant GM, and what he has to say about the evaluation process as well with quarterbacks and what they do for every position, uh, courtesy of the Raiders' NFL Draft podcast that you can listen online on all the Raiders' channels. We will hear from the assistant GM from the Raiders. We also have uh, the press conferences from uh, Hendon Hooker, from Will Levis. We'll tune in to what they had to say today out there in Indianapolis, Indiana. I already 
uh, told you guys we would have Damon Cotton in the studio. We will also have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Vegas as a guest today because we got to talk UNLV hoops and specifically the UNLV Lady Rebels who are balling, who are the best team in Las Vegas right now. And nobody covers UNLV sports, UNLV athletics as well as Paloma Villacana does out here in Las Vegas. She's actually going to be heading out to Reno for for a, net, for a UNLV game. So right before she gets on the plane she's going to jump on the air here with us on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m there's a lot of sports happening right now i'm watching on tv the scouting combine michael turk the place kicker for oklahoma running a 480 40 there's baseball there's hoops later tonight there's ufc this weekend and if you want to go to a place where you can enjoy watching sports i recommend you to head out to the doghouse saloon inside resorts world on the las vegas strip there's not a bad seed in the doghouse saloon to watch any sporting event plus there's a sports book on site to place your vets enjoy incredible food and drink specials with live entertainment and dueling pianos doghouse saloon at resorts world las vegas the official home for monday night football for the jt the brick show plus also be sure to download the resorts world las vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in nevada let's go to a break raider nation and we'll be right back with more here on the jt the brick show you want to hear from more quarterbacks out there at the combine we have the sound bites here for you on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. He certainly could be. Um, you know, again, I think it's a very, it's a very young in the process, if you will. Um, especially for me, you know, after coming off the season, um, there's other people in our organization, Dave Champ, his group, Brandon Urigan, that have scouted these guys extensively. Um, they know more about them at this point in time, uh, but that, that circle will get closed here shortly. Um, I'm really excited for this process because I'm gonna get an opportunity to sit face to face with with most of the quarterbacks that are here, or, or at least a good chunk of them, um, you know, and then we're, we're gonna kind of recalibrate and uh, Dave and I'll figure out exactly what direction we need to go with the rest of the spring. There you go. Josh McDaniels, head coach for the Silver and Black, speaking about the quarterbacks and everybody he would be meeting. That's from back in earlier in the week, Tuesday, if I recall correctly, when he took the podium and spoke with the media ahead of all the meetings and all the interviews he would be holding down with all the prospects and, of course, the quarterbacks. They're the hot topic right now. They are the position that the Raiders for sure have to fill ahead of the 2023 NFL campaign. And will they go young? Will they go veteran? Will they go with somebody that's just a bridge for the next guy, remember, like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he was drafted in the first round by the Chiefs, but he sat behind Alex Smith for pretty much a full season, and then he took over. That could be an option. Now the thing is, are the Raiders picking up, for example, that's going to be the big uh, reveal. If they sign a Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year deal, then you're like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo might be the guy that they want for the next three years. If they sign... 
uh, Jared Siddham for one season, then you're like, okay, they just want City for now, but the future guy might be picked in a couple of weeks in the draft. A lot of these question marks will be resolved in less than two weeks on March 15th when the Raiders can actually sign a quarterback that's a free agent because the one quarterback that's a free agent right now because he was released, we know for sure the Raiders ain't going to sign. That's DC. That's Derek Carr, who, by the way, he's taking his sweet time to pick his next team, and that's his right. He can do all his studying. He can do the research that he wants, all the interviews that he wants to hold, and just meet all the teams as he wants. But the thing is, I got a feeling there's there are going to be teams that, for example, what did the Jets say? That if he signed with them and won a Super Bowl over there, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Well, the Jets might start talking with somebody else. It's like when you're you're talking with a girl and you show gr- that girl a lot of interest and you're there and that girl doesn't reply and that girl doesn't talk back much. You send her gifts and you don't hear back. Well, then you start talking with another girl and that girl shows you attention. That girl does reply back. That girl does like, love all the love that you're showing her. Then if girl A comes back and is like, hey, you know what? I want that love. I want that love again. Well, you know what? Somebody else is getting it. DC might have, the Jets might have fallen in love with him when he did the interviews. But now DC might be talking with other folks and the Jets might fall out of love with him. So let's see if this negotiation tactic or all this research that Derek Carr is doing helps him or affects him. I mean, if you ask me, if I if somebody comes and throws $35 million at my lap, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go work for him. Instead of being like, let me go talk with other people to see if they will throw $35 million at my lap. Because then though that money might disappear in in a blink of an eye. So... Everybody has their strategies. The Raiders are obviously not going to go back on the Derek Carr train. They they were on it for nine years. The current coaching staff and the current front office after one year, they're like, all right, time to take a step towards another direction and let's see what the silver and black does with the quarterback position. I don't know what you guys want. Do you guys want youth? Do you guys want them to roll with the punches with a rookie or do you want the Raiders to go and look for an experienced player? Do you want it to be a high-end quarterback through the trade uh, route? Because a great quarterback isn't just going to be waiting in free agency. Jimmy Garoppolo, he was able to manage those San Francisco 49ers teams with one heck of a defense for which he was didn't have to be on the field for. But then when he was on the field, he was able to take the 49ers to a Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but he took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. He was able to take them to the NFC Championship game a couple of seasons ago. I mean, this quarterback can obviously play. He's not the end-all, be-all of the position. But with what he has done on the field, he has earned himself some respect. The thing with him is staying healthy. And that's something that then you look over at other quarterbacks and it's like, okay, Let's see what they can deliver in that aspect. And somebody that a lot of folks have their eyes on and they will have their eyes on him once he takes the field during the scouting combine is Will Levis, the starting quarterback for Kentucky, who, I mean, he's out there and you know that he has a lot of physical traits that people do want him to 
do a great job and earn himself that first round draft pick 6-3 he's 23 years old right now he's going to turn 24 in June and he had not a great season in 2023 but people believe that he can actually end up becoming a quarterback in the NFL that's a very good quality man let's listen to Will Levis and what he had to say today in today's media availability out in Indianapolis I think that our terminology crosses over with a lot of uh, different teams in the league. So when they're asking about the plays that we run, we're watching tape and I'm running through kind of what our footwork or what our just language that we use was. Uh, kind of cool when they can realize kind of right away that it's the same or very similar to what they do. Yeah, I mean, my goal is to win more than anybody. I want to be the greatest of all time. I feel like you're crazy if you don't think that way. Will, when you look at, you know, your entire college career, is there anything that you feel like people aren't talking about enough, or is there anything that, you know, you feel like you didn't put enough out that you, you know, that you know you have? No, I mean, uh, I think, like, this past year, like, season didn't go as well as, I mean, we would have wanted it to, but, I mean, I learned a lot from it, learned how to kind of battle through adversity, and uh, just dealt with a lot of things physically, um, and just situationally, that uh, was tough, but I think I just became a better kind of player, better quarterback because of it. But uh, no, I mean, I'm going to show what I'm about once I get to that next level and do my best to show that to these coaches throughout this week as well. They're great. I mean, people always try to tell me to put one above the other. I mean, it's tough, but uh, it's been such a privilege to play in such two great conferences. And when I did make the transition from Penn State, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, going against high-level competition like I was in the Big Ten. So playing in the SEC was really important to me. And I mean... Shoot, I've seen a lot of great players across a lot of great teams. Uh, I mean, going back to Big Ten, my first real kind of game experience was against Ohio State, and Chase Young gave me a tough time. So, I mean, that goes back a little bit. But, I mean, just great players across the board, and uh, hard to put one from the other. Being in Kentucky, obviously, I'm sure you've watched a lot about uh, Joe Burrow. What do you try to take most about his game? Yeah, no, Joe's someone, especially in this offseason, that I've focused a lot on, I think. This offseason, compared to offseasons in the past, I've really been trying to kind of perfect the movement leading up to the throw. I think that when I make some inaccurate, inaccurate passes, it's due to kind of how I'm initiating the movement leading into it. A lot of the times I can get away with it because of how talented of an arm I have. But Joe, I think, does better than anyone else in terms of movement in the pocket. Not the fastest guy, but he's just able to move so efficiently to put himself in a stable base to make efficient throws. and. Uh, been watching a lot of film on him this past offseason. What's the specific plan for that moving forward? Just what I just said. Uh, I mean, not necessarily anything with the upper body. Uh, everything from the waist down. How I'm initiating movement, where I'm using, uh, where I'm using force, and which muscles I'm using. I mean, I'm a pretty built guy, but I kind of realized uh, just as I started my offseason in training how kind of weak I was in my abductor and low core area. So to be able to engage those and, and push through those areas and using my feet in ways that are going to put me in advantageous situations to get a good platform and get the ball off efficiently um, without even really having to worry about much in the upper half uh, has been really interesting. There you go. Will Levis, the quarterback for the University of Kentucky. Of course, Kentucky isn't a football school. They always have been the hoop school out there in the SEC, but they do compete in the SEC. They do have to go against some of the best 
ballers out there in the college football level, and he had great competition in front of him. Last year, 2,406 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. The year before that, the first year that he was the starting quarterback full-time for Kentucky, he had a better season, 2,826 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. So Will Levis, a guy that we will be hearing a lot from because – He is one of the top five quarterbacks in this draft. I don't think that the Raiders or that other teams are completely in love with him, but he is there. Let's go to our first call today. Mitch from New Jersey. Mitch, it's been a while since I've heard from you, man. How are you? Uh, And it'll still be a while since we have heard from him, but... Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought he he had hung up. My bad, my bad. Mitch from New Jersey, a loyal listener, somebody that always... Uh, tunes in and shows support, shows up on social media, and he is here, right? There you go. My bad. There you go. Mitch from New Jersey. How are you, brother? Hey, Andrew and Harry. Long time, long talk. How you doing? Doing you fantastic. Yeah, doing pretty good. Thank God it's Friday. What's, what do you got in your mind, man? Are you watching the Combine? Is it something that's interesting you, or are you just waiting for August to get here for preseason? I'm really waiting for the draft, preseason, with, you know, the draft, the roster, and the start of college and NFL football. And, of course, space is number one, and I'm glad. Uh, I wonder who's calling those uh, Dodge games in Spanish. But anyway, if the, I will, I'll be happy with um, Jimmy Garoppolo, but if they sign, um, could they still sign Jimmy and trade up and get, I love to see Stevie Stroud. I think he should be the top quarterback. Bears are going to get a full uh, load. And I think Houston needs a quarterback, so they're not going to be in the market to trade. Yeah, in my opinion, if if they go for C.J. Stroud, you start him from day one. It's the same case with um, Bryce Young. The ones that you would potentially get a bridge quarterback for is Anthony Richardson, is Will Levis. Those two guys, I think you would have to bring in a guy like Jimmy G. But if you go Stroud or if you go Young, you got to start him, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. No, I agree. I don't know if I leave it. I don't trust him. I'm telling you, you know, one of these callers is going to be a bust. I think it's him. I mean, Richardson really is also intriguing. So I want, he'll, he'll be there at seven, I, I think. Intriguing, and let's see if if they end up drafting a quarterback, if they can get the same magic they did with Mac Jones, where they were able to make it to the playoffs in his rookie season. I appreciate your call so much. Uh, Thank you, Mitch, and I'll talk to you soon, my man. All right. There you go, Mitch from New Jersey. We will be talking after this break with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Las Vegas to talk some UNLV Rebel hoops. And I'm sure out there at the Thomas and Mac during the Mountain West Tournament, there's going to be a lot of Modelos flowing because Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo, rooted in the heart of the Raider Nation. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Comes inside, initiates contact, draws the foul, lays it in. 
Timeout on the floor, 7.43 to go. E.J. Harkless starting to heat up, and boy, do the Rebels need that. Well, the running Rebels are having a hard time out there in the Mountain West, but that's talking about the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team. They're balling. They're having a great time. They're undefeated in... Mountain West action. They're on a 19-game winning streak, and nobody follows UNLV like our guest at this time, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Las Vegas. She's jumping on a flight shortly, so we'll get her on the line right now. Paloma, ¿cómo estás? Buenas tardes. Muy bien. Muy bien, Harry. Nice to see you on this beautiful Friday. Yeah, right outside the Mendenhall practice facility, about to hop on the plane uh, to Reno with the running rebels, you know, un- unhappy about uh, their performance against Utah State. In fact, Justin Webster came out to the media um, and said, you know, before I can answer any questions tonight, you know, I'll, I'd like to apologize to the city of Las Vegas. That was not us. That is not how we play. Um, and, and they're going to come out fighting in Reno. And, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see, you know, how they come out on the road, in a hostile environment, up in Reno, their final regular season uh, game of of the year. So it's been a season of highs and lows for the Red and Rebels. But like you mentioned, Harry, the Lady Rebels are undefeated in conference play for the first time since 1985. And they're getting ready for Mountain West play starting here at the Thomas & Mac on Monday at 12 o'clock. So, um, you know, great to see the Lady Rebels, you know, make history. And, you know, I, I'm rooting for the running Rebels to to beat beat UNR tomorrow on the road at 2 p.m. It feels like forever ago that I was talking with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN about the running Rebels. And they were going into their game against San Francisco with a 10-0 record. And I was like, hey, you know what? Yeah. They're doing all right. And he was like, yeah, but... San Francisco is sneaky good, and since that defeat, they've gone uh, seven and twelve. So they definitely got to pick it up big time if they end, want to end up playing some postseason hoops. But somebody that's definitely going to be playing in the postseason and more than likely the NCAA tournament is the UNLV Lady Rebels. They did so last year. They went down to Tucson, Arizona. You were there. This year, they're going to have a high seed, right, Paloma? Yeah, I mean, they're projected to be maybe a 10 seed, maybe an 11 seed. Uh, they were a 13 seed last year. So, um, you know, and, and the brackets, it changes basically every day. But if I had to say who they were going to play, I, I'd probably project them to play UCLA, um, you know, and, and maybe be a 10 or 11 seed. So we'll see. Um, what comes out, but I know they're just focused on Monday, taking it one game at a time. Um, right now, they could play Fresno or or Reno on on Monday. So two, uh, 12 p.m. on Monday at the Thomas and Mac, uh, the Lady Rebels are the number one seed in in the Mountain West tournament. Um, and you know we saw them win the Mountain West tournament last year. So you know we'll see if they can do it again um, this time around. I know they've been dominating the Mountain West. Uh, but they've come pretty close against against Reno and Fresno State, two teams that they won a nail-biter game against. So um, I was just catching up with Lindy LaRock and, and her squad right now. So they're they're getting ready to head into practice right now and get ready for Monday. And, um, you know, yeah, Lindy has been able to make some history at, at UNLV with their undefeated uh, conference record. So we'll see how, how they come out in the tournament 
Um, but, you know, it is March. It is March. So, you know, any team can play any way. Um, you know, anything can happen in March. Um, and I think we saw that last year with, with the Running Rebels and, and Wyoming, um, the Running Rebels losing to Wyoming. You know, every team is, it's March. Anything can happen. So, um, yeah, excited, excited to, to start uh, Mountain West Tournament play next week. It's already here. It's called March Madness for a reason. And I got to ask you, how are the Lady Rebels so freaking good, which I love, but they are so good. I mean, you look at a player like Desiree Young. I love you also posting about a Latina, Alisa Durazo Durazo Fresca is doing a great Mm -hmm. job with the team. Why are they so good? Yeah, I think Lindsay demands that they, you know, focus on, on each play, each possession. And, you know, they treat every single game like it's a championship game, no matter who they're facing, um, you know, no matter what their record is, no matter if they've won two games this season, they treat every single game like it's a championship game. And Lindsay LaRock gives me kind of Becky Hammond vibes. You know, Becky Hammond is locked in, laser focused. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who they're playing, who, where they're playing. Um, they're treating every game like it's a championship game. Um, and Lindy demands that out of her team. You know, they, she demands, you know, if they're up 50, she doesn't care. You know who's like that too, Harry? Nick Saban. Nick Saban is just like that. If they're beating a team by 50 points, you know, he's still throwing his headset, uh, you know, if they're up by 60. So, um, you know, she just demands laser focus. And I think she brings the best out of her players from Essence Booker, Desi Ray Young, Alyssa Durazo Frescas. Um, you know, and I've watched a lot of their practices and Lindy is in the middle of it. She's engaged. Um, she's moving the players around. She's touching the players. She's, you know, going over plays. She's kind of running the plays out too. Um, so it's, it's awesome to see just the leadership that Lindy has brought to her team and the history that she's making. Um, you know, it's, it's just an honor to, to be a part of this UNLV community and, and witness, you know, her, her success and, um, you know, where where she's going to take the Lady Rebels this time around. I know they all have a chip on their shoulder after falling to Arizona in the first round last year. So, um, you know, one game at a time. And I think that's how she's she's getting the best out of her players is treating each game like it's a championship game. Yeah, and even watching, I was following along the game on uh, Tuesday in Nevada, in Reno, where they were down by seven at the end of the third quarter, and then they just balled out and won that fourth quarter, 22-10, to 10, to win that game 71-66. to 66. I was like, hey, this team has a lot of fight yeah. in them. We're talking yeah. with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Las Vegas. It's been a while since the Lady Rebels won a game in the NCAA tournament, 1991 to be exact, when they precise, when they beat Texas Tech. Do they have a chance at winning a game this year to shock the world and start making a run in that tournament? Or is the NCAA Women's Tournament just like, I see the top side of the twenty top 25 is like very, very heavy on that side? Well, I think the Lady Rebels have a 29-2 and record, if, or 31-2, and I believe, is their record. Um, they have one of the best records in the top 25 right now, other than, you know, undefeated South Carolina, um, you know, so... Um, but you know, it is, it is the Mountain West and everyone always kind of knocks the Mountain West for, for being, you know, a mid-major, but, um, you know, I, I'm eager to see, cause they were hanging in there with, you know, number four seed Arizona last year. Um, you know, the Lady Rebels were tied in the fourth quarter down the stretch against Arizona. Um, you know, it came down to 
the last couple minutes in Arizona and maybe some, you know, officiating, whatever. But, you know, UNLV, the Lady Rebels, were, were hanging in with number four Arizona at Arizona um, last year. And that was a close ball game that, that they lost last year at Arizona. So um, I think now that they this group of girls have had that tournament experience under their belt, you know, Essence Booker, Desi Ray Young, they've had that experience under their belt. I don't think they'll be so, um, you know, I, they'll be more experienced this time around. They've already been to the NCAA tournament with Lindy LaRock. You know, they know what to expect. They know the talent they're going up against. Um, and, and we'll see how they come out in, in the NCAA tournament and, you know, whoever they face. But, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, the top 25, they're, they're all really good teams. But, I don't know, the Lady Rebels undefeated in conference play, completely dominating the Mountain West. I feel like the Lady Rebels will be ready to take on whoever. Boom. And then something very cool about this team. You talk about Desiree Young, the leading scorer for the running Rebels, averaging 18.1 points a game. She's from Vegas. She's a local kid. She's from Desert Oasis High School. That's that's something that you look over at other sports, and it's not the same case. There might be players that are local, but they're not Desiree Young that she's averaging a double-double. Yeah, she's averaging a double double, um, and she's just she's so talented on on both sides of the ball. She's just aggressive, really aggressive on both sides of the ball. I mean, she's all over the court. Um, you know, if you have to defend Desi Ray Young, I'm sorry. You know, she gives me uh, just because we are in Las Vegas, and you know they have the aces right down the street. Desi Ray Young just gives me Asia Wilson vibes. Just aggressive, a menace on the court, hard to defend. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that, you know, the Aces have come out and supported the Lady Rebels all season long. It's great that the Aces are right here in the community. You know, they're able to, to work out or hang out with, with, with each other, you know, and give each other tips and advice and, um, you know, support each other in, in every way possible. So the fact that the Lady Rebels have the best you know, championships. They have the best female basketball players in the world right here in Las Vegas. It only helps UNLV succeed and it only helps local stars like Desi Ray Young, um, you know, to, to be in this environment here in Las Vegas where Lindy LaRock, um, Becky Hammond, and, you know, all of us are here to support women's basketball. Absolutely. And it's Women's History Month. The Aces, they won their <laughs> title. Let's get more more titles for the Lady Rebels. Also, I'll give yeah. a shout-out to, to all the ladies in the media working out here in Las Vegas. You are one of them. You look over at Cassie Soto, Heidi Fang, yeah. Kevin E. Martin, Mariah out there also as well with you guys at Fox 5. You do a fantastic job. And, and, and Paloma, you know I'm a big fan of yours, so I'll keep supporting. Thanks, <laughs> Where can people watch and at what time can they watch the Reb Zone? Because you're doing a fantastic job this year. Oh, thank you so much. You know, the Reb Zone is wrapping up now that the basketball season, the regular season's wrapping up. So um, we have, it's, it's every Sunday at 10.30 p.m., but, you know, we cover football season and basketball season. So when the Mountain West Tournament wraps up, that's when the Reb Zone wraps up. But I can't believe there's only two shows left. Um, you know, you can't I believe you're getting your life back? Uh, you know, I can't wait to sit down. <laughs> you know, when, when we're on these flights, I feel like I just pass out because I'm like, man, we're go, 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 go. And then, you know, you're forced to sit down on an airplane. I'm like, I'm out. But it's been it's been awesome. This has been a really special year at UNLV with the Lady Rebels and the Running Rebels. And, um, you know, seeing the new program that Barry Odom is building with UNLV football. 
Um, you know, the stories are endless here at UNLV, and I'm just really thankful to be a part of this community and, you know, be able to showcase the talent here at UNLV. And as Las Vegas grows, you know, it's it's been exciting to keep up with, you know, everything that's coming to the city. So feel very blessed to be on your show, Harry, and feel blessed to be, you know, with with this community. So I'm excited. <laughs> Safe travels, Paloma. Muchas gracias. We'll go get some tacos soon. Muchísimas gracias. Oh, yes. There she yes, goes. Tacos. <laughs> Bye, Harry. At Paloma Villacana on Twitter. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. And we're actually going to connect with Vinny Von Senor after it. We're going to talk more NFL Combine. He's live out there in Indianapolis. Let's hear what he has to say after this commercial break. We're here on the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Available now at more than 70 Las Vegas grocery and fine liquor stores.